motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to be here with our guest today, Amy Milne. Amy, a mom of two teen boys, is one of Canada's go-to experts in event creation and production. No matter the type of event you are planning, if you're looking to level up, Amy is your gal. She is a former in-house event planner for some of Canada's largest charity organizations, where she led teams to create and execute events that raised into the millions of dollars for those who needed it most. Amy followed her passion for creating life-changing events and used her entrepreneurial instincts to open the doors to Beyond Fundraising Incorporated to ensure nonprofit organizations nationwide had a loud and meaningful event voice. Recently, Amy co-founded the Pop-Up Event Company to fill her cup with balloon and luxury event design, intimate wedding and event planning, and serving drinks out of the bee bar. Basically, all things events are her jam or her cup of tea or her glass of wine. Thank you so much for joining me, Amy. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, you have such a wide variety of experience and things that you do in the event planning space. What sparked your interest in event planning and what have been some of the highlights of your journey? Yeah, what sparked it? Well, to be honest, I started my career in the nonprofit space and I had taken a job at a venue and my best friend's mom had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. And I had an opportunity to take a job planning the weekend and breast cancer, which was a 60 kilometer walk in support of Princess Margaret Hospital and then grew nationwide and then into the UK as well. And so I really followed my passion for doing things for, for the greater good and being able to throw really good events that raised a lot of money in order to help people get better, to do different things, to, to live really. And so I would say my passion for events is really the people. It's really being able to create a space where humans can come together that are like-minded or have a joint goal, but really just to see people change the world. I think that is amazing. And I'm sure you've met some very interesting people (laughs) along the way. And I'm sure you've had some incredible stories that you've experienced as well. Is there sort of like one sort of standout moment or a person that you've met along the way? The person, this person doesn't have a name. This person is, it was actually two people. And when you ask that question, it pops into my mind was, uh, it was on the Sunday afternoon of one of the weekend and breast cancers in Toronto. Our participants were at, so it was a 60 kilometer walk. They were probably at about 52 kilometers. 
and we're at our pit stop and we're cheering them on. And there were these two ladies that I happened to remember from opening ceremonies. And they were not the women you would think that would easily like judgment is a thing. Whether we're proud of it or not, it happens. And I looked at these two women and I was like, you go girls. And then at 52 kilometers on that Sunday, after sleeping in a tent in a field and walking that far, they were still killing it. They were smiling. They were cheering others on. And then I got to see them at the finish line. And honestly, that is what just keeps me going. That is just the best part of the event planning process. I mean, literally I move garbage and tables and chairs and stuff for a living. People think, you know, being an event planner is so glamorous. It's like, no, I move stuff around, but it's the people and those two women, they will forever, forever stick out in my mind that they just, they were just, they were doing it, that determination for whatever the reason, because I didn't have a chance to speak to them, but they were going to finish. And I just think that is so epic. Yeah. And it's amazing how those people really, we just remember them, the people, the feelings that we got just even in whatever the interaction happens to be. That's a great memory. And that's the thing with events. Like when I work with my clients, it's always like, how do you want people to feel? You know, once we know how they want to, how you want them to feel, then we can figure out what color linens you need and what the lighting should be and that kind of thing. But it's always, what's your why? And what do you want people to feel? Yeah. And it's so interesting that you say that because as a teacher and in the work that I do in helping people create their courses or learning experiences, that's where we start because you have like this information or this event or whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. but you want to have that feeling kind of go go along with it because it ultimately it's all about the people, right? And that impression and that feeling that you want them to have. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to circle back a little bit to family for a moment, because I know you're a mom of teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I myself, as of today, uh, am a mom of two teenagers and a 10 year old. And I things change a lot with the ages and stages of our kids. How has your motherhood work juggle changed over your over time as your kids have gotten older? And what are some strategies that have helped make it work for your family? Yeah, I am now also a mom of two teens as of Sunday. So I now have two teenagers, both very different humans. They both absolutely attack life differently. So they've, so I've had to be two different moms. I would say that is really the, the juggle for me is my eldest son is, he's an incredible human being. He is this kid who always knew who he was from the get-go. He showed up as he was. School wasn't easy for him, but he didn't care. And he went to school every day and he just persevered and persevered. And he's just always known who he was. And it's been incredible to watch. So parenting that child has been interesting just in terms of how do you foster that? He's had this incredible sense of self. So it's almost like, I don't, I don't know if he's parented me or if I've parented him, to be honest, because he's taught us all so much. And so just managing, you know, he's got anxiety and such. So, you know, how do you manage the anxiety? Well, you've got this amazing kid who also knows who he is, like, can also tell you he has anxiety. And then I've got this, this other kid who's a little bit more typical. And I definitely have a 13 year old boy, who's, you know, got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And he's driven and he's funny, but he's a challenge for me. And I, I think it's probably because I, he's, we're similar or he has the traits 
in him that drive me mental about my husband. <laughs> it's like, like, you know, I always go with the, you spot it, you got it. And so I've got to figure out like, what do they have that is bugging me or what's a sore spot for me in terms of how to manage it. And then we did a thing to our kids three years ago, we picked up and left. We moved our kids from where they knew everyone, where, you know, around the corner was grandma and our best, our best friends, my husband and I are high school sweethearts. So our best friends, so this entire community, And then we went, we're going to move because we want to do other things in our life. And so we literally picked these two kids up and we think one of them's okay with it and the other one isn't. So that's also been a bit of a juggle. But I think as they've gotten older, it's gotten easier. I quite enjoy being a parent of older children. I loved to snuggle my boys and I'm so grateful that I, you know, have them and had that time. But I love hanging out with them as they get older. I'm learning and growing more as a mom, just even having them as people in my life. And I think that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it is. It is interesting how things change so much over time, (laughs) because when they're little, you're so hands-on and now they're sort of starting to kind of branch out a little bit more and not need you in the same way yet still need you and it's it's a definite shift in relationship and yeah it's been really it's been really fun and and the types of things that we can do as a family now i really enjoy i mean the circumstances make it a little difficult but (laughs) we get creative we get creative our latest is a pickleball oh fun i've never played but i've heard it's amazing So much fun. We have the courts in our community and we've lived here now for 11 years and had never tried, but COVID gave us a reason to, because it's something we could do. And then we love to camp and travel. So we've been able to get increasingly adventurous with our kids as they've gotten older. Yeah. It's been wonderful. Now families are often looking for creative and fun ways to celebrate all of life's big and little moments. I'm curious, what are some of your top tips for creating unique and memorable celebrations? For me, it's always, again, it always goes back to the people. So what, you know, Spencer wanted, my eldest wanted for his birthday, whether it be gifts or celebration or type of cake or food or guest list is very different than maybe what Jack wanted, um, my youngest. And so for us in, in our family, I want those to be personalized as well. It's not about me, because let me tell you, I have lots of ideas as an event planner, and it's been sometimes heartbreaking that they don't want what I have to offer. You know, one of them was super excited when the big giant balloon garland with their name all over it and video game controllers was there. And then my youngest on his birthday on Sunday was like, phew, I woke up and there's no balloons. I was like, oh, there will be. I just haven't made them for you yet. So I think for us, it's, we're big on celebrating every day. And I mean that, like, it's what are we grateful for? We're grateful that we get to live where we live and have the adventures that we have and the people in our lives. You know, we host a lot as, you know, party planner, like as an event planner and we have space. And so we're hosting all the time. So it's, we have a lot of celebration in our life. I think when it's, like I said, when it's about them, it needs to be specific to them. You know, one of them might want a video game party while the other one might want to go skiing or skateboarding. So I think it's really important. And I, and, you know, work with my clients or even my friends to make sure that they think about that too. It's not just about the cake I want. It's about what the kids want. They won't like, we'll wait till wedding season because (laughs) (laughs) I have some definite opinions on that. So, uh, but we'll see, but I do, but yes. 
No, it's so true. And I, I find celebrations for us, they kind of become like traditions. Mm-hmm. And this year has been difficult to kind of have the traditions happen in the same ways. But our kids kind of look forward to them. And mm-hmm. we've come up with some sort of unique ways to celebrate with friends and stuff at certain times of, year, yeah. of the year. And it creates, in a way, a bit of like a routine or a ritual mm-hmm. to our family life and, and the things that we do with the people that we care about. Now, I'm curious, what are just in general, some of your family's favorite ways to celebrate? Do you have some of those special traditions? Like what does a holiday look like yeah. in your house? I love when you said tradition and rituals. I love the word ritual and I, you know, traditions, Christmas, Christmas for us is a big deal. And, you know, you speak of the crazy times we've been living in a lot of our traditions have included a lot of people. And so that was very different this year. So how do we keep it alive? One of our favorite traditions in our family is the tree cutting party. So I grew up with all my parents, friends, and we would all pile in our cars and we would go somewhere for breakfast. Then we would go to a tree farm and we would go back to someone's house for dinner. And so that was a tradition that was super important to me growing up. And it's something I've brought to my family and our kids, like Christmas doesn't start until we go to the tree farm. And believe me, I know that because last year we didn't go to the tree farm and I did not stop hearing about it. So that tradition, so my eldest son is like, big on the tradition. So the tree cutting Christmas, you know, having meals, you know, making sure like we have this same Christmas morning breakfast, we have the same, you know, dip in the afternoon that my mom makes. So the holidays are a big tradition for us. And then one of our new favorites for where we live now is the start of ski season. So we happen to live in Blue Mountain. And we have decided as a family that the first opening day of ski season is a holiday in our house. So nobody goes to school (laughs) and we go out and like, we just, we hit first tracks. And so it's, and we have apres ski and we do the whole thing. We probably eat some French fries. So that is a big one. And then also the last day of skiing. So we've created new traditions within this space and place that we live now, but I would say most of our traditions involve food. Yes. (laughs) I think that's probably true for many of us, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it is so funny because sometimes you think maybe this tradition is not that important or they might not really care, but they do. They do do care. It's so interesting. They remind me. (laughs) So when are we? (laughs) And they're asking. So yeah, I do. I love that. I think it's so nice and it's so much fun. And my, I'm going to have to let my husband know about your uh, skiing tradition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. You yes, you do. It's a national <laughs> holiday in our house. Very interesting. No school, no work. Huh. I'm going to, I'm going to mention that one to him and he's an avid skier. So maybe he'll adopt that. I don't know. (laughs) That's so fun. Now I have a few sort of more rapid fire questions for you. What has been your go-to meal or one of your go-to meals on those super busy days? Tacos all the time. I may not be new at this, (laughs) but tacos. Um, And I have to say that because I also am blessed with a husband who is a chef. So I don't do a lot of cooking, but he goes to work for 24 hours a few times a month to go fight some fires and I have to cook. And so I'm always like, oh my God, what are we going to do? So we eat tacos. Um, we might eat eggs for dinner sometimes and we might do takeout because my husband doesn't like sushi. So it's often sushi night, one of the nights when he goes to work. So yes. 
Yes. That those are all great ideas. We actually had tacos last night and my, my husband was working late. So yeah. <laughs> it is a good one. I know everyone will eat it. It's nice. because yes. Everyone can kind of make it their own, right? Yes. Yeah. It's just because like my one kid doesn't like some stuff and the other kid will eat it all and I can make a salad out of it. The other big hit around our house is BLTs as well. Okay. Yeah. I always forget about the BLT. We, I, I just do forget it. that. Yeah. It's easy. It's like got all your, it's got vegetables, cheese, meat. You're good. Yeah. The whole, like all the food yeah. groups, right? right? That's all you need. It doesn't, yeah. <laughs> Throw some frozen fries in there and you're set. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's so good. Yeah. That I'll have to add that one to my list. Yeah. Do both your boys like tomatoes? No. So Spencer has BLT and Jack has a lettuce and bacon sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Cause I could see that in our house. One, yeah. one out of three likes tomatoes and the others not yep. so much, but okay. No, I love that. I'm adding that one to my list. Thank you. And do you have a favorite family game or activity that you enjoy? Skiing is our favorite family one for sure. We do like the odd game of Scrabble. We do like, there's the, I'm going to say it's wrong and it's an adult only game, but it has a family edition. I can't think of the name, so that's not helpful. Is it um, Cards Against Humanity? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just recently uh, saw a family version. Yeah, so I saw family edition. And it's great because it's teens and it's, it's so it's funny and it's, it's meant for kids. Like it's meant for families. So it's, it's quite funny. It's a good one. So I would say that is a cult classic in our house. Uh, but I would say our favorite family activity is skiing. And we also go to family camp where we all okay. stay in a cabin. We all sing for our meals. That is by far one of our favorite things to do as a family is go to family camp. Very fun. That is so neat. And where do you go for that? We go, uh, being in Ontario, we go to a place called uh, Wanakita. It's a YMCA camp and we are week, very proud week two family campers. We go the same week every year. So we get our same cabin and our same group of friends is there. So these are people we vacation with like once a year. Some of them have become really good friends of ours, but it is truly the most amazing experience because I don't have a lot in common with a 13 and a 16 year old boy in terms of like, I'm not a Fortnite fan and I don't play Minecraft, you know, yes, we ski together, hence one of our favorite activities. And then we can be silly with Cards Against Humanity. But the thing is with family camp is we have camp memories together. So we can bust out in song together. We have <laughs> sayings. We like wear the camp colors. Like it's the one sweatshirt we all have that no one's like, oh, mom, you're wearing it. It's like, yay, we're all wearing the Wanakita sweatshirt. So it truly has changed our lives and how we vacation from the time that we were like, because we started when Jack was like two. And now I love it as much as the kids do. And so it truly is one of the most amazing experiences for this family and it's a good thing because it's multi-generational. So there's no age gap because I'm just going to find kids to go to camp with me if my <laughs> kids don't ever want to go. So it by far is our favorite. Oh, that sounds so fun. I've heard yeah. there's some places in and around Calgary that have yeah. family camps, but that's not something that we have done. We do camp and travel a lot during the summer nice. because I choose not to work in the summer. <laughs> and that is a win. I've maintained my teacher mindset and uh, my husband's a principal. So we try and take advantage of that. So normally we're gone for like five weeks at a time. Oh, so. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's we, amazing. We've done, we did a trip to Germany one summer oh, and we, cool. 
went camping down in Yellowstone and Zion. And yeah, it was so, so cool. fun. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So this summer is uh, camping around Alberta. But you know what? There's Perfect. places here we haven't seen. So it's Oh my be gosh, fun. for sure. I used to live in Banff. Um, okay. So yeah. I like, I love your hood. Yeah. It there's is beautiful. Be so much for you to see. <laughs> for sure. The one thing about family camp is they cook your meals for you. Yeah. See, Fun. that sounds quite lovely. And you know, especially with the ages that the kids are, you know, we still have a little bit of wiggle room in the summer. So maybe I'll look and see <laughs> what options totally. that there might be available. Yeah. yeah. And the idea of not cooking is quite dreamy. <laughs> it was funny. The first time we went and came back and we had littles, like I said, and we stood in our kitchen and I like opened to the fridge and I was like, why does that feel odd? <laughs> but it felt odd because we didn't do it for a week. Like it was right. just like when you rent a cottage or like yourself, you go camping and things like you're, you're doing the meals and you're filling the cooler and you're doing the things for a family camp. You, the bell goes and we all just, we just know what the bell means. <laughs> That's like, amazing. It's pretty awesome. Huh. Thank you for mentioning that. Now I'm extra motivated to look into it. (laughs) Um, You're going to like, you've got family camp on your list now and national ski day. Yes. And BLTs. And BLTs. So, and now maybe I can add something more. Do you have a a book, (laughs) podcast, or TV show that you've enjoyed recently? Huh. So I am a hardcore business self-help business development junkie. Like it's a big deal around here if I actually read something that's fictional. Uh, So I recently I'm listening to again, if I'm talking about something super recent is the uh, Jen Serino's badass uh, money book. Love it. Her first book was great. Her money book is amazing. I love that. I'm reading, I always have a bunch of, I'm reading Effortless by Greg McEwen, McCowan, McEwen. I'm reading that one right now. And oh, the podcast I just listened to that was epic. Can't think of the name, so that's not helpful, but it was all about the WeWork breakdown of that whole thing about how it fell apart, like how it grew and how it fell apart. I think it was a Bloomberg edition, but it was all about like we, it was all about we. And we work and it was riveting. It was really, really good. I will have a look for that and I'll make sure yeah. to add that in the show notes because I'm very curious and very interested to learn more about how that all happened and how that went down. Yeah, it was really good. And it was neat because it's the reporter who does this series. It's about a seven or eight part series and her podcast. And she she reported on the owner and founder for years and then as the whole breakdown happened, she put together all the interviews. So there's interviews of when she interviewed him and how it all went down and just staff. And yeah, it's wild. Huh. It was really good. See, Highly my recommend. list is growing. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in the part-time jungle, we like to keep things real about motherhood. And I'm wondering if you have, I call it like a mummy mess up, but something that you would be willing to share with us, a mistake, something you wish you'd done differently or a learning opportunity you've had as a mom. Yeah, I like getting real as well. And so I, as I shared a little bit earlier, my eldest son suffered anxiety. And for the longest time, we didn't know how to help him. We didn't know, you know, we didn't actually know he had anxiety at first. And so I spent a lot of time telling him to calm down, 
I spent a lot of time asking him, you know, why don't you get this? You know, you've got to calm down, things like that. And so I just, I didn't know how to help him. He had anxiety and he had a learning disability. And I basically continued to exasperate it for him in terms of not supporting him and in, in the lack of my knowledge of, of what. And it was incredibly difficult. We finally got some help. And the psychologist said to us, she said, you know, do you find yourself asking your kid if he like, why don't you understand this all the time? And, and I said, yes. And she's like, well, cause he can't. And I was like, amazing. <laughs> like just the tears, like I was devastated. I was heartbroken that I'd put my poor kid through it, but then I learned from it. And that, you know, to me, it's, I don't have mom guilt. It's not something, it's something I'm very proud to share, to say, I don't, I don't, I've traveled away from my children. I leave them alone. I go, they do things like we've raised them to be independent. I, you know, as an entrepreneur, I've had to do business differently and things like that. And mom guilt's not something I subscribe to, but that was heartbreaking in that moment of not being able to help him and realizing that we had, you know, completely messed up for a while. We didn't break them. So that was good, <laughs> but we figured it out. And so what I learned from that is, you know, like we can't be perfect, but you know, if, if you're struggling, then get the help that you need. Cause I easily could have been like, oh, we'll figure it out. Or it's just a phase or what have you. But I would say, you know, Again, so I get real. These are the things that I remember most. I often mess up with other things in terms of like say inappropriate stuff or get mad when I shouldn't or I'm irritated or, you know, I'm, I'm totally normal. But I would say it was some of those bigger things that have stuck with me in terms of remembering, you know, what do I need to, how can I be better? And again, how do I learn from my kids just because they're smaller or shorter, although my oldest is not, but they're younger in age. It doesn't mean that I'm smarter than them or that I know it all, they do have a lot to, to teach me as well. And so not necessarily listening fast enough or would have been my, my mommy mess up. Well, and I think that's why it's so good to talk about these things, because I think there's many of us and me included, our eldest is diagnosed with anxiety and ADHD and attentive type and the journey to kind of get there and understand what was going on for him and then to access the supports and strategies that we needed. It was, it was a climb and it yeah. was, it was really tough. And I think you're kind of going through it and then you find out and you think I must be the only one, or you kind of feel alone in that. And it's very emotionally taxing. I mean, it's your baby, right? It's yep. your kiddo and you want to do what's best for them, but you can only do your best in the moment, yep. like given the context and given what you know and understand. And I had a, a similar experience with that. Mm. And I know you think back, like, what if I had done this sooner, yeah. but you're doing the best that you can. And I think uh, it's great to talk about it, right? Because totally. then you don't feel alone yep. in in those experiences and yeah no it's because they all have stuff like our kid was diagnosed Spencer was diagnosed with a non-verbal learning disorder and we were like what is that because it's the exact opposite it's actually he doesn't understand verbal so we would have these fights with him over you know loading the dishwasher but he didn't know how to load the dishwasher instinctively like we did once you said okay so you pull the drawer out and you put the plate in this slot and then you close the drawer. That's what he needed. And then he could get it, but he'd open the dishwasher and not know what to do. And we're like, how do you not get it? Well, 
because I can't. <laughs> right? no, we I don't know. So then you're like, oh my God. So yeah. And you just, you don't think you're the only, you sort of know you're not the only parent with it, but you don't know who you can talk to and should yes. you and, yeah. and will you understand? Cause not everybody does understand. And there's a lot of people who are in denial that there's issues with their kids. And so you're kind of like, okay, maybe I'll just suffer in silence, but that's not helpful for any of us. No, it's, it's nice to have that village. It's nice to have that circle of support and that opportunity to have those conversations and to know we're not, to really know that we're not alone. So yeah. And, and that information is so powerful, isn't it? Like I just found Mm -hmm. once we, all those pieces sort of started falling into place, it all made so much more sense. You're like, perfect. Now I get it. And now I can still be mad at you for not doing something else. Exactly. <laughs> now I just know I'm doing it par- parentally properly. Exactly. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Now, and before we wrap things up, Amy, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening, who might be looking for some inspiration or support with their own mom work juggles. I'm just a big fan of do it with ease. Like you can't get it wrong. Even though some days you feel like you're going to just live your life and the life you want to live as best you can, our kids are going to benefit from that. One of my favorite lines from Michelle Obama's book was when she was talking about her mom and her mom was raising them to be great adults, not great kids. And that just really stuck out to me it just really resonated in terms of what was I offering my kids? And then in that, what was in it for me while I was parenting them for my own life and experience to what I was showing them and helping them gain. And that for me has been a really big one in terms of, you know, cutting some slack to myself in terms of taking the time I need to, to run my business. And, you know, I'm an event planner, so I don't, I'm out, like I'm gone and my hours are crazy and things like that. But just to know they're going to be okay because mom isn't always going to be there and that's okay. And you should expect it. So I, and and as an adult, you wouldn't expect your mom to be, my mom's not hanging around. (laughs) So that just really stuck out for me. And I just, I just think we all need to give ourselves a whole lot more credit and a whole lot more benefit of the doubt than we do, because I think we make it harder on ourselves sometimes than is necessary. And so I strive really hard to make it easier on myself with my tribe, like with my, with my village, like with my, with my husband, with my, and none of this, I say it as an advice piece from a learning experience. None of it. It's not always easy. However, the times that it is easy, I'm okay with it to be easy. And I want more ease in my life. So I think we just need to give ourselves a break and, our kids picked us and we picked them. We're the right parents for them, regardless of our good days or our bad days. And we all have those. Both. Of yes, them. we do. <laughs> we do. We do. So do they. <laughs> yes, they do. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's so true. We may have had some of those recently. <laughs> We've all yeah. spent a lot of time together recently. So it has it's, been it's expected. Well, Amy, I want to thank you so much for sharing your time and words of wisdom with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and the work that you do, where are the best places to find you? 
Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at, at Milne R. Amy, and you can check me out at the popupevent.co. Wonderful. Thank yeah. you so much for joining me, Amy. It Thank was you. great to connect with you. So great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.